What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Bush coming at you solo today to bring you some mustache players for the 2022 Fantasy Football Playoffs. I broke down this video last year. You guys seem to really enjoy it, so I'm bringing it back yet again. We're going to cover everything that you guys should be doing right now if you're in a winning position. Let's say you're 6-5, and five, you're 7-4, and four, you're 8-3, and three, you're 9-2, and two, you're 10-1, and one, you're 11-0, and oh, whatever the case is. These are the types of players that you want to be stashing heading into the fantasy football playoffs to make sure that you come home with a championship and not a first round exit. So if you guys enjoy this video at any point, leave a like, subscribe to the channel if you're new around here, comment any of your thoughts down below as well. Let's get right into it. Okay, so first we're going to define what a stash is and basically what are the most important stashes that we can make. Now, for starters, a stash is basically a guy that you're going to hold on the end of your bench in case you want to use them during your fantasy football playoffs. So this is not a guy that you're going to pick up and throw into your lineup right away. This is a guy that is held in reserve on one of your six, seven, eight, however deep your bench is, and you're just going to hold him in case something happens and he'll be a valuable part of your fantasy lineup. So the most important stashes that you can make this time of year is backup running backs because backup running backs are the only pieces that you can get off of waivers during this time of year that should see a huge upgrade in value because running back is a, a position based on opportunity. And of course, in super flex leagues, quarterback is a position based on opportunity as well. But I'm strictly talking about one QB leagues right now. So running backs are really the only position where volume and opportunity is directly transferable in case of injury. By this point in the season, it's very rare that we're going to see any wide receivers or tight ends just suddenly up and break out down the stretch unless they're rookie wide receivers. So continue to stash rookie wide receivers. You know, your Christian Watsons, your Alec Pierce's, your you know David Bell's for when Deshaun Watson comes back. But for the most part, we're going to be stashing mostly running backs going in to the fantasy playoffs. So basically what I'm going to do as I did last year is I'm going to rank all of the backup running backs. And this is not necessarily who is most valuable as of right now, because for example, Samaj P. Ryan might be more valuable right now because Joe Mixon is actually hurt as opposed to a hypothetical scenario in which all of these running backs ahead of them on the depth chart went down with injury. We want to determine who is most valuable given what we know about their opportunity share when that player's been out in the past, their talent level, the offense that they play on, and all that good stuff. So this is also not going to include full-blown running back by committee. So obviously, if Michael Carter went down, James Robinson is going to be more valuable, but this is only for backfields where there is a clear starting running back, a guy that we're probably using heavily in fantasy, guys like Dalvin Cook, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, guys that have clear backup, clear handcuffs, to them uh, behind them on the depth chart, not guys necessarily that are in split backfields where we don't know who the starter is. So as you guys can see on the screen, ranking the backup running backs as if the starter went down. You guys can see their tier-based rankings. We have guys with RB1 upside, guys with high-end RB2 upside, guys that would be solid volume plays, RB2s, and then guys that are more so flex play, RB3 type of options. So I'm going to go through each tier and talk about these players. You guys can see their percentage roster ship in sleeper leagues right now. This is based on sleeper uh, percentages. So if these guys are available in your leagues, again, these are the rank in order of how good of stashes they are, not necessarily how valuable they are to your team or the likelihood of their player getting injured ahead of them. This is just in a hypothetical scenario, if every single starting running back went down in the NFL, who would be the most valuable running backs in fantasy football? And that's why in tier one, we have the usual suspects, Tony Pollard, Kareem Hunt, 
A.J. Dillon and Alexander Madison. We have seen all of these guys in starting positions at spots in their careers the last two years or so. They're all workhorses in absence of the starter. When Tony Pollard is the starting running back for the Dallas Cowboys, we saw it in Week 10 this year, 87% of the snaps. We even saw it this past week with Ezekiel Elliott on a pitch count. Week 7 and 8 of 2020, we saw 85-plus percent snap share Kareem Hunt. Week 11 of last year, A.J. Dillon saw 78% of the snaps. Week 13 and 16 last year, Alexander Madison was 73-plus percent of the snaps when Dalvin Cook was out. I also debated throwing Rashad White into this tier, but him and Leonard Fournette are basically in a split backfield right now, so there's really no point in saying that he's the handcuff to Leonard Fournette anymore because he might have outright won that job, and I think that's probably the direction that this team goes in. So if he's available, definitely go pick him up. But I'd imagine most of those Tier 1 running backs are rostered in your league, so this probably is not going to help a lot of people, but if they are not rostered, definitely go and stash them at the end of your bench. So moving on to the tier two running backs, and these guys will probably be a little bit more widely available. These are the high-end RB2s with some upside as well. I think Elijah Mitchell, you could definitely make the argument, should be in the first tier because we know that if Christian McCaffrey were to go out, Elijah Mitchell could see you know high-end RB2, low-end RB1 type of value. Elijah Mitchell posted an 80.8% opportunity share as the starter in 2021 on about a 65% snap share, give or take. He doesn't command a ton of volume as a wide receiver, which is kind of the tie break for the tier one versus the tier two, but still very, very valuable should anything happen to Christian McCaffrey. Probably not available in most of your guys' leagues, but if you're in a shallow league with a lot of bench spots, definitely go and stash Elijah Mitchell. None of these guys in this tier are probably going to be RB1s for one reason or another. Maybe it's volume, maybe it's receiving work. Maybe it's the offense that they play in, but I would say Elijah Mitchell is the closest guy to being an RB1 should the starter go down. Khalil Herbert, also very, very close, and he's probably being dropped in a lot of leagues right now. For those of you guys that play in leagues without an IR spot, I'd imagine the Khalil Herbert manager may have dropped him. He is definitely a great stash. He is set to return from IR in week 14, week 15 type of area, and the fantasy football playoff matchups that the Chicago Bears have are unbelievable. So should anything happen to David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert should absolutely be rostered. He could be a huge league winner down the stretch, and he's probably been dropped in a lot of your leagues because he's on IR. Definitely, if you have a free roster spot, if you're holding a backup quarterback, and let's say Josh Allen is your starting quarterback, Drop that backup quarterback, stash Khalil Herbert on the end of your bench. Same goes for James Cook. We have absolutely no data that James Cook would be a workhorse back if anything happened to Devin Singletary because it hasn't happened yet this season and he's a rookie running back. But he just recorded his most efficient game of the entire season with 86 total yards on just 11 touches. He's clearly got some talent. He's playing the starting role in the Bills offense in this hypothetical scenario that Devin Singletary would be out. So I'd imagine, you know, he'd be a 50, 60, 70% snap share guy. They'd probably mix in Naeem Hines a little bit more, but I think James Cook would be a huge, huge beneficiary and probably a mid high-end RB2 should anything happen to Devlin Singletary because this offense we know is very, very explosive, very, very good. Samaj P. Ryan, another guy who we have not seen get a full workload per se, but we did see probably the closest thing that we're going to get to see is uh, Samaj P. Ryan without Joe Mixon because Joe Mixon left early in the first half with a concussion, nearly 100% of the snaps went to Samaj P. Ryan as a result once Joe Mixon was out. Clearly very valuable if Mixon misses, uh, misses any time with the concussion. And we might be faced with that reality this week because we know concussions can be finicky and Joe Mixon could be out for this game. Samaj P. Ryan, definitely a high value waiver ad this week specifically. But in general, if Joe Mixon misses no time, then definitely stash him regardless. Because if Joe Mixon is going to play this week, people are going to drop Samaj P. Ryan because they're not going to view him as valuable anymore. But definitely go ahead and add him. Put him at the end of your bench because if Mixon does miss any time, he will be very valuable. Damian Harris, also 
such a weird thing to say that he's the handcuff to Ramondre Stevenson now because he was the starter entering the season, but he definitely is the handcuff to Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre has consistently been getting, you know, 65 to 80% of the snaps all season. Damian Harris was a mid RB2 last year as the starting running back. If Ramondre Stevenson missed any time, Damian Harris would probably return to that touchdown or bust early down workhorse type of role. He's not going to get receiving work. That's never been his forte, but he can definitely be a pretty solid RB2, high-end RB2 with touchdown upside should Ramondre Stevenson miss any time. Now we can get into the tier three of running backs. Now these guys are probably going to be more widely available than tier one and two. These guys are easy stashes right now. They're easy ways to just line your bench with some upside. If you've got an elite quarterback like Josh Allen, like I mentioned, drop your backup Kirk Cousins or your backup Marcus Mariota or whoever you're rostering and go after one of these uh, running backs that are probably widely available in your league. Same goes for the tight end position. Drop your backup tight end if you already have Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews or whoever. If you're rostering Isaiah McKenzie types at wide receiver, just in case for the sake of bye weeks, or for the sake of injuries during the playoffs, drop him for one of these dudes. Deion Jackson, the first guy that we're going to talk about here, we saw an RB2 type of workload from him already in relief of Jonathan Taylor earlier on in the season. Now we have Matt uh, Ryan back into the fold. Jeff Saturday has his team playing a little bit better. So I think Deion Jackson, should anything happen to Jonathan Taylor, would be a lot more valuable than he was previously when he was last uh, relevant. And he actually finishes the RB1 on the week on the back of a 29% targets per route run rate in week six when Jonathan Taylor was out. Matt Ryan fed him a ton of targets in that game, and he was absolutely awesome. So make sure Deion Jackson is rostered in your league. We know what the split is when Jonathan Taylor is out. He's an easy path to line your bench with some upside. Same goes for Tyler Algier. Since Cordero Patterson has been back, Tyler Algier may have been dropped in some of your leagues. He had a solid few outings from weeks five through week eight to nine as the Falcons starting running back when Cordero Patterson was on IR. He was consistently around that 60% snap share range for a team that loves to run the ball. He was also running the most routes on the team as well. And he's clearly a very you know productive and efficient player. So Tyler Algier, another guy that I think you should be throwing at the end of your bench. Keontae Ingram is another one that a lot of people won't know about. He's one of the most widely available guys in this tier. He has been efficient on his limited touches so far. And I also really just liked him coming out of USC during the draft. And he presumably takes over um, where Eno Benjamin left off. When we saw James Conner out of the lineup, we saw Eno Benjamin getting substantial workload. He was getting, you know, 87, 74% and 74% of the snaps in the three games that he started. And James Conner right now is working as like a 90% opportunity share workhorse. So we know with James Conner's injury history, it's possible that he misses some time holding up to that big of a workload. And I think Keontae Ingram, right, like I said, is free right now. You're not going to have to pay any fab for him if you stash him now at the end of your bench. And he could walk into Eno Benjamin type of value like we saw when James Conner was out the first time. Next, we have another guy who is another one of these like very widely available guys that I think a lot of people are, are sleeping on. We have Isaiah Spiller. The Chargers are getting healthy right now on offense. They're playing better and better. And Isaiah Spiller has started operating ahead of Sony Michelle as the clear second running back on this depth chart. Austin Eckler is 27 years old. I liked Isaiah Spiller as a prospect. He's tough. He's an asset in the passing game. And Austin Eckler has shown to uh, be prone to lower leg injuries and all that kind of stuff. So if he ever missed time, I think Isaiah Spiller could be an absolute league winner as a talented, you know, fourth round running back prospect who probably should have gone on day two. And he would be worked into a full-time workhorse role for an offense like the Los Angeles Chargers, who's finally getting healthy. Jalen Warren, another guy that fits into this tier, he's easy. He might just be more talented than Najee Harris altogether, but I do believe it would take a Najee injury for Jalen Warren to ever get a big-time workload. 
but nonetheless, he should definitely be rostered as a stash as well. Kenneth Gainwell, I debated putting him actually in the next tier down, but I think given the, the strength of the Eagles offense, Kenneth Gainwell, even if he was splitting touches with Boston Scott or Trey Sermon, whoever else they have in that backfield, I think to some degree, he would see a huge, huge upgrade because being the starting running back for the Philadelphia Eagles has done wonders for Miles Sanders. And I think even if you're getting, you know, a Michael Carter type of workload out of Kenneth Gainwell, he would be extremely, extremely valuable. But I do expect, should Miles Sanders get injured, they use Boston Scott more, they use Trey Sermon more, they use, you know, a three-way timeshare type of running back by committee. But I think Kenneth Gainwell will get the majority of the touches. So moving on to the next guy here, we have uh, Zamir White. And we know that Josh Jacobs is getting a workhorse role. We've seen Josh Jacobs, you know, kind of struggle to stay healthy down the stretch of the season as well. Zamir White was not a guy that I was high on coming out of Georgia this past year, but he did get, you know, fourth round draft capital. I do think that if Josh Jacobs missed any time, he would at least get the early down work. I think they would use, you know, their third down backs there on third down because Zamir White just provides nothing from that aspect. But I do think we could be talking about, you know, a touchdown or bust RB2 in Zamir White. And then finally, we have Mark Ingram in the case of an Alvin Kamara injury. Mark Ingram has seen big, big time workhorse usage going back to last year in weeks 10 and weeks 11. He was a 70% snap share guy in both of those games. Mark Ingram is currently on IR, but he is eligible to come off in a week or two. And the Saints have one of the easiest playoff schedules that you're ever going to see. So uh, should anything happen to Alvin Kamara, I think Mark Ingram could definitely be a huge waiver add and we want to get ahead of the curve, right? The reason we're stashing these guys is because we don't want to pay all of our fab budget for them when they finally become the star. We want to get ahead of the curve and stash these guys before they become valuable so we don't have to drop our entire fab budget. So moving on to the tier four of running backs, I'll just wrap this one up really quickly. Matt Breida, DJ Dallas, Dontrell Hilliard, Jamichael Hasty, and Rex Burkhead. This final tier, I'm not going to go over in depth on every single player, but I would say these guys would probably get solid workloads if, um, you know, Saquon Barkley ahead of Matt Breida or uh, Kenneth Walker or... Derek Henry or Travis Etienne or Damian Pierce went down, but they're not going to be workhorse running backs. We've seen in the absence of some of those players that they use a running back by committee. We've seen in the absence of some of those players that these guys are just not that great of players in their own right. And their offenses aren't going to propel them forward. Like say a Philadelphia Eagles offense or a Los Angeles chargers would for the other guys that I talked about. So I would say these guys probably wouldn't be league winner calibers. And I probably wouldn't be stashing them outright unless you were completely just burning a bench spot on nobody. But should anything happen to the starter ahead of them, they probably would see some uptick in value and be viable as like a low-end flex play or something. So definitely something to keep in mind. But we can move on to the next part of the stashes. And this is your streamers, right? Because I'm sure some of you guys still play in leagues with defenses. I'm sure some of you guys play in leagues where you're stashing quarterbacks and you're streaming quarterbacks because you don't have a great quarterback right now. Obviously, it goes without saying, but Deshaun Watson should absolutely be rostered if you play in a league where he is on the waiver wire because Deshaun Watson is coming back from his suspension next week, I believe. And Deshaun Watson could be, you know, a stud quarterback. We've seen how viable uh, Jacoby Brissett has been in this offense. Deshaun Watson is just that much better of a talent. But the QB stashes that you guys should be going after, if you guys are streaming the quarterback position, week in and week out, you have a different quarterback. You're just playing matchups, all that good stuff. The three best streamers that I think are available for the fantasy football playoffs, if you intend to stream during that time, are Jimmy Garoppolo, who is currently getting carried by the Yak brothers, George Kittle, Devo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, all the guys that he has to throw to. He has a very, very easy playoff schedule. You guys can see it on the screen there against the Seahawks, against the Commanders, and more importantly, in the fantasy championship, he has the Las Vegas Raiders, who are one of the easiest matchups for fantasy quarterbacks. Marcus Mariota also been pretty solid this year in general. He's been a top 15 quarterback five of the last seven games. He has the 
Saints, the Ravens, and the Cardinals finally to close out the season. And then this one's a little bit more bold. I doubt anybody would be this desperate, but maybe in super flex leagues, this might apply. The Jets quarterback, whoever it ends up being, apparently it's Mike White. He just announced the starter today, but maybe it's Joe Flacco by that point in time. He does have a very, very easy playoff schedule, whoever it ends up being. If it's Mike White or Joe Flacco, Lions, Jaguars, Seahawks to close out the season, they could definitely be decent streamers, especially for those of you guys in super flex leagues. And then defensive streamers, I don't personally play in any leagues with defenses anymore, but if you guys do, the Minnesota Vikings, the Los Angeles Chargers, the New York Giants, and the Kansas City Chiefs have some easy matchups, some turnover-prone quarterbacks, all that good stuff that we want out of our fantasy defenses. So if you guys enjoyed this video, if you feel like you got some value from it, leave a like down below, comment any of your thoughts down below, subscribe to the channel if you are new. Make sure, again, this was a ranked tier list. So if, if the first guy that I talked about, Tony Pollard, is not available in your league, go down to the next guy, which was Kareem Hunt. Then go down to the next guy, which is AJ Dillon. Then go down to the next guy with Alexander Madison, so on and so forth, and stash some of these guys at the end of your bench. Ideally, you want to have two, maybe three, four of these guys at the end of your bench. And if you did this last year, I talked about guys like Rashad Penny. I talked about guys like Darrell Williams and Sony Michelle, guys who are extremely, extremely valuable during the fantasy football playoffs. So hope you guys paid attention last year that won you some championships. I know those guys really helped me win my championship in my home league. But with that being said, peace out, and we'll talk to you soon.